The following program has been pre-recorded. This week on Belonging, we'll talk to Bo Blanchard, a focus missionary at Vanderbilt University here in Nashville, Tennessee. His time as a focus missionary and what led him to where he is today as a young man. Every good Catholic man, if you're going to Mass, if you're praying every day, like you need to consider the, the priesthood. Uh, it just so happened when I was uh, discerning the priesthood uh, a couple years ago with the vocations director in, in uh, the Diocese of Tulsa. He eventually just sat me down and was like, I don't think you're supposed to be priest. Give me his phone number. I have to have a conversation. <laughs> but yeah, man. Next. This program is made possible by the generous donations of Jeannie and Bill Stayskull, members of Christ the King Parish in Nashville, and by a grant from the Cook Foundation. Take advantage of the many opportunities for young people in the Nashville Diocese to connect and find belonging. Like University Catholic, a community of college-age students who are serious about their faith and unite in fellowship and friendship to deepen their personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Go to universitycatholic.org to find out more. You can also connect with young Catholics like you by attending events like Summit Music City. It's a night of music followed by adoration and reconciliation. It's free and open to young people of all faiths. Go to soundscatholic.com. Or try Theology on Tap, where you can gather with other people in their 20s and 30s like you who want to learn more about their faith while enjoying a beverage together. Join Theology on Tap Nashville on Facebook for events and times. Hello and welcome to Belonging on Nashville Catholic Radio, where each week we interview different guests detailing different parts of young adult life, whether it be finances or relationships. We're joined each week as we are by Father Javon, a chaplain at University Catholic and just a popular guy in the diocese. Uh, My name is Zach Jansen. I'm a 24-year-old living in Middle Tennessee and here to host this show. Uh, Our guest this week is Mr. Bo Blanchard, a focused missionary at Vanderbilt University here in Nashville. We're here to talk about his life and his testimony and just to have some fun today. Uh, Bo, thank you for being on the show. Yeah, thank you for having me. So it's a pleasure to have you on here and kind of hearing a little bit about your life before we got started too. Um, so, so tell us, where, where are you from exactly and where are you at right now in life? Yeah, so I uh, grew up in Oklahoma and then uh, when I was in high school, my parents moved us down to Dallas, Texas. Mm. Uh, so I graduated from a school uh, called Byron Nelson High School and immediately uh, went back up to Oklahoma in order to go to school at Oklahoma State you know Yeah. And that's, uh, that's where I went to school, and I graduated, uh, went out and work, uh, worked for a bit, and then I became a focus missionary. This is my first year. Well, I enjoyed seeing these focus pages. We have a lot of your, I guess, uh, the other focus missionaries on here and seeing their, their different pages that we have, which the video on there is awesome. It's, it's great. I love seeing it. But I know you mentioned your, your story a little bit. Did your life change in a way, either during college or afterwards, as far as what, what changed your life? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I, uh, when I first got to college, I uh, went four years without ever stepping foot in a church. Uh, really? Probably, probably was not praying. I uh, was not going in at a, uh, any type of church. In fact, I think the only times that I went to church uh, for a span of six years was when I would go into a church service for uh, Christmas and Easter with my parents when I would go back home over break. Wow. And then... Uh, I mean, set to graduate uh, from Oklahoma State University in 2016, and yeah. I just, I hit the lowest point in college. I had been pursuing everything that the world tells you that you need to pursue in order to be happy. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was just absolutely miserable, uh, very depressed, and I remember uh, getting home from the bars one night after having a couple of drinks and mm-hmm. just looked at myself in the mirror and just broke down, and I probably uh, slipped in the fetal position in the bathroom, on the bathroom floor that night. I think for the first time I had, I actually cried aloud the Lord's Prayer um, in a moment of need. 
And then two weeks later, I'm in Rome on a study abroad trip through the business college and not even thinking that I was going to have a spiritual encounter uh, whatsoever. But the two uh, leaders of the trip were, uh, were Catholic and they invited us to daily mass with them. So we were going to daily mass at like St. Mark's in Venice, the Duomo in Florence. We were going to the cathedral in Pisa for all for daily mass. And looking back on it, I'm, I was very spoiled. Did not know uh, what I was uh, uh, what I was doing or these inc- incredible places that we were ex- uh, getting to experience the faith in Italy. So prior to this trip to Rome, did you have any exposure to the Catholic faith at, at all? Much or were you raised Catholic? So, so I was uh, I was baptized Catholic and went to Catholic elementary school mm-hmm. uh, until I, I was about six or seven, and then my mom, uh, who was raised Methodist, uh, just did not really like the Catholic faith and she did not feel uh, welcome, and so we uh, ended up switching over to being Methodist. And so that's where, kind of where I was raised until middle school. And then I had a bad, bad experience at youth group uh, in middle school and stopped going through high school and then definitely did not uh, enter into a church at all when I got to college. It's beautiful to, to hear that though. So we, you mentioned like kind of, I think we've all been there at the bars with the, and the drinks and whatnot, but did you feel like you were fine? You were looking for happiness in places that it wasn't filling your heart at all. You, were you just feeling more empty inside or what, what would you say? Oh, absolutely. Um, when I went to college, I had, I joined a fraternity and uh, very quickly my social circle uh, became um, how many drinks I could have in a given night, uh, what, what girls I was chasing, or uh, there's a lot of drugs that was happening in, in Greek life. And you, you look at all these movies growing up, uh, like Animal House or Old School or yeah, just any, uh, any popular movie, and you're told that these are the things that, that are going to make you happy. And so I got to college and that's what I pursued. And very quickly, well, very, very gradually realized is like, I'm not happy at all. Uh, I'm not uh, doing what I was made for. I'm not, I'm just mucking it through life. Yeah. I ended up crying aloud uh, when I, when I recognized, uh, when I looked at myself in the mirror that night, I was, uh, I, rec- I recognized that I was not the man that I was raised to be. My parents mm-hmm. had raised a better man than that. And in fact, I was like looking at myself from high school and I was like, I want to be that man one day. I want to be that man again. Wow. And, uh, you knew it was time to, to man up and, and suck it up, I guess. And so here you are in Rome. So what, what, what changed from there for you as far as the faith? Was it just the fact of, of being a part of it and living it? And then how was it when you came back home to the U.S.? Yeah, so I, I actually uh, ended up at Rome in 2016. We were in St. P- uh, Peter's Square in Rome on uh, Palm Sunday, and uh, we ended up going to Mass. And so we were at this mass with hundreds of thousands of other Catholics. And um, it was actually during the consecration of the Eucharist where uh, Pope Francis holds up that little piece of bread. <laughs> and I knew within every single fiber of my soul that that was Jesus. It's like if you had a cold chills down your back, my entire body felt like that. And having that, that knowledge that they're in that little piece of bread that uh, is the God of the universe, I collapsed and uh decided to go back home and start exploring what this catholic uh thing was you wanted to you wanted to be a part of that yeah, uh. yeah. so i started sneaking into mass and i would only go on fridays at 5 p.m and i would show up five minutes late i would sit <laughs> in the very last pew and by, by the door and that was your strategy really i started i was like who was going to go to mass at uh, on fridays at 5 p.m i was like no, no college student <laughs> i knew um and yet like there was all these like little um little old ladies that were in the front couple of pews and then a couple of college students here and there. And then, and then me in the very last pew by myself. 
<laughs> and you were just taking it in on your own, I guess. Yeah, and I, I would bring a little notebook and I would take notes about, okay, this is when I kneel. This is how you say the words prayer. Really? Like the, uh, the Nassim Kari. Like I was taking notes about uh, like when to do the sign of the cross and whatnot, just in order to enter into the mass a little bit more fully. That, that's the Holy Spirit. Father, we talked about in the last episode. Was there? A, you said there was a lady at, at UCAT that's... Sometimes they're better than, than actual Catholics. Some huh? people yeah. that aren't, they know the prayers and everything. <laughs> yeah. But wow, so what was your next step from there? What, what year was this, by the way? Is this 2016 still or 17? This is 2016. After like I had just graduated with my uh, bachelor's of uh, business management mm-hmm. and uh, had, by the grace of God, I got in, uh, into a, I got a full ride to my uh, master of business administration program. And so it was the summer between graduating with my bachelor's and then starting my first semester of uh, grad school. Mm-hmm. And I would uh, sneak in every Friday at 5 p.m. And then uh, there was a new priest that got placed at um, our the St. John Catholic uh, Student Center in, uh, in Stillwater at Oklahoma State. And Father Kirill Coolidge uh, saw me sneaking in and out of mass every Friday. We we see everything that happened. I mean, it's a good thing that like in the altar we see who gets there late. We see who leaves yeah. early. I mean, it's a better place in the church. <laughs> we see everything. So if you get there late, we know they were there late. And and the fact that I was sneaking in, uh, sneaking out of mass right after the consecration, he was like, "Okay, I need to I need to talk to this guy. <laughs> Something is not right." right <laughs> <now>. <laughs> so so Father Carey like quite literally like uh, chased me down in the parking lot after one of those times and uh, grabbed me by the ear as hard as he possibly the ear <laughs> and introduced me into a focus missionary <laughs> and uh, and that's uh, when I met Colin Smith. Uh, we've eventually just started meeting up uh, weekly, and he started leading me in the faith and saying, "This Catholic thing is actually like where is like." The joy that you are searching for is here in the Catholic faith, and it's not in the drinks, it's not in the girls, it's not in the drugs. It's it's here in the um, uh, in the uh, the fullness of life is here in uh, in the mass that you're looking for. What did you, did you talk to your family about this? Did it come up like to other people as well? Like, this is something that I'm interested in, and I know that's what's on my heart. Or what do other people think? Yeah, I started talking to my dad um, about the formation that I was uh, receiving when I was learning about the Catholic faith. My dad had actually been born Catholic and was raised Catholic, and uh, he uh, fell away um, after uh, after college. And, mm-hmm. and he's practiced his faith more in the last three years since my conversion than he has in the past, uh, the previous 30. Wow. And so here you come to, so finding a focused missionary, uh, ironically, is where you are now to, to lead you to it. And so w- when did you join the church? Was it 20, 2017 then? That- yeah, so I came into the church on uh, Easter of 2017 with uh, four of my very best friends who also joined the, uh, the Catholic Church and uh, became focused missionaries as well. And how did that feel? Did it feel like a coming home that you'd always been waiting for or just a, a complete fulfillment of your heart? What, what was on your, what, how did you feel at that moment? Ecstatic. I... Uh, was also extremely tired. Uh, I, I had no idea that the Easter vigil mass was going to be seven <laughs> hours long. <laughs> it's not seven hours long. <laughs> but it, 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 was, a, it was one of the coolest liturgies I had ever uh, been a part of. And uh, the fact that I, uh, I got to come into the church and receive uh, the sacrament of confirmation. Uh, and you were the other, the other people too where you were with that were just happy for you and they were going on the journey with you. Yeah, absolutely. And we still keep in uh, contact every single day um, uh, for the past four years now. Wow. So from from there, you, do you go on to finish grad school then after after becoming Catholic and Yeah, I uh, so I got into a a, a Bible study. I was in a Bible a focused Bible study all through uh, grad school, and uh, went out and worked as a uh, manager at a mid stage startup for a year. Um, and I was just absolutely miserable. Uh, 
the uh, the corporate world that I was that I had stepped into was very much driven by uh, success. And then I was sitting at a, a desk making phone calls from eight to five, and I was doing a lot of thinking uh, that entire time about what brought me joy, what brought my soul on fire, and. I started looking back at the moments when I was living with the Focus Missionaries where I was building community and I was uh, having 85 college students over every Tuesday and Thursday to build community. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I, I need to stop what I'm doing right now. And I quit my job because there are going to be uh, men that are not joining Focus because of how hard it's going to be in order to raise their salary during a, during a pandemic. And wow. so uh, when I joined staff, uh, there were, we were 17 men short nationally. And we were not able to make it to six campuses because of how short we are on men. That's when I became a focus missionary. It was one of my friends uh, who I had entered into the church with. Uh, he told me straight up that we need men in focus and, and there, we cannot make it to more campuses. And that just kind of broke my heart because what I received in college was so beneficial to who I, who I am as a man now that I was like, I was willing to drop everything in order to go uh, serve the college students here, well, ultimately here at Vanderbilt. Was that a big change for you to, to totally switch in that to come to come to Nashville and kind of start a new life? Was that exciting and, and difficult at the same time to come here? You know, I had actually uh, prayed every day uh, for three months not to be sent to Nashville. <laughs> <laughs> so, what, so when I decided to become a missionary, I was like, God, just send me, uh, send me anywhere but Nashville. Uh, there are a lot of, uh, of my old uh, fraternity brothers that when I told I was uh, going to be a missionary, they started mentioning how they wanted me to. Uh, Coming to Nashville so that they could uh, get the guys that I would be working with uh, drunk at the bars, and wow. so I uh, I looked at that and I immediately just uh, gave it up to the Lord. I was like, "Just God, don't put me in that situation. I don't want to." God, I will do whatever you want, but not Nashville. And then on placement day, sure enough, I find out that I'm coming to Nashville. I was like, "God, thank you, Lord. Wow, please, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, yes, Lord." <laughs> please don't send me there. Uh, but we t- we talk about you kind of like. Uh, father mentoring all the, the college students, but I was asking uh, Bo earlier, like, are you like the one they report to, I guess? And how much more? I'm his wa- boss. You're his boss. Oh, yeah. <laughs> are, in, a, in a way, are you mentoring all of them to all the focus missionaries and, and their journey in these yeah, years th- after college? Yeah, I think that, you know, I see the focus missionaries as a, as a companions on the mission. You know, I can't do by myself. You know, I can't be everywhere. And so they are my ears and, and you know arms, whatever on campus. Eyes, I think. Yeah, eyes. Yeah, that's yeah. That's <laughs> well, something was missing. I needed my eyes. <laughs> uh, you know, and that's kind of the thing. You know, sometimes and they bring uh, you know, they, and they bring the bring the students in. Mm. You know, and then we can meet them and we can talk to them. Other day we were talking. This guy came. Uh, for ma- for Sunday supper, you know, and, uh, a lot of times it's hard to invite people for mass because, like, uh, you know, an hour. But then this guy came to Sunday supper, and then you know he was like, you know, we had Sunday supper, and then so we're gonna have adoration, and he's like, what's adoration? Mm. And I was like, okay, you know, opportunity. It's like, well, you know, as Catholics, we believe that when the priests say the prayers, that piece of bread becomes Jesus. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, okay. And I said, you know the tabernacle right there? Yeah. Like, yeah. So if you see it's closed, when it's closed and have a lamp <laughs> right next to it, it means that Jesus is there. So we believe that piece of bread after <clears throat> the consecration becomes the body, so in divinity of Christ. Okay. And then, so we take that and you put in a monstrance from the Latin verb, verb mostrare. 
to show. So we expose the blasted sacrament. And it's like, it makes sense. Because if you believe that that's Jesus, and it is, it's like, yeah. So yeah, you cannot, we can only adore Jesus. We can only adore God. Mm. Yes. So that night, that guy just went, spent 30 minutes there with the blessed sacrament. Wow. So I don't need to do any, you know, like, so like how do you do, how do you, you just bring the people and say, that's Jesus. That's it. That's all we need. Uh, and then, <laughs> Jesus, that's you now. <laughs> I brought him here. I brought her here. Take care of that. Is that kind of your mission, Bo, is to bring to Jesus? Or what would you say is your why that's like getting you up every day? Yeah, that is my why. Um, yeah. as, as a focused missionary, our, uh, one of the uh, things that we, that we do in order to spread the good news is Bible studies. And I, I kind of look at myself as uh, if I can get somebody into uh, adoration in front of the, the Blessed Sacrament, that is what's going to change their heart. That is what's going to mold them into another Christ. And so uh, it's it's actually funny that you mentioned uh, that you mentioned that because every single Bible study that I ever uh, had last semester, we would spend an hour studying the Word, and then I would take them over to our perpetual adoration on Thursday. Uh, it's now Thursdays, but uh, it was last semester it was yeah. on Wednesdays. I would take them to adoration because I knew if they got just at least fifteen minutes in front of Jesus, that I could have uh, the best Bible study of all time. But if that means nothing compared to 15 minutes in front of the, the Lord in, mm. in uh, adoration. Jeez, that's, that's powerful. And then do, do you see yourself and all these students that you're bringing in or, or mentoring, like, like you said, to the Bible studies and, and everything, but do you see yourself in them and their shoes? Like, wow, I've been where you are before. And, and have you told them that too, that like there's, you know, there's, there's, there's a deeper hope and, and a meaning to, to life here? Yeah, when I have students that are uh, going on, on on the weekends or, exploring the things that I was exploring when I was in college, I can speak into that and very directly say that that's not going to make you happy. In fact, like the things that is going to make you happy is the blessed sacrament. It's going into confession. It's going, it's doing the things uh, that you don't want to do that. It's going to have the biggest impact on your, uh, on your spiritual life. You're exactly right. Doing the things you have to, you have to want to do it even when you don't want to do it. Yeah, I think yeah. is what we hear a lot from the other, other students there and, and your other focused missionaries and just seeing that it's, it blows my mind that it's been less than a year that, you, that you've been there, but you seem it's, it's just as strong and just a man, man of character. Where, where were you a year ago last March? How much has your life changed in the past year? Well, last March I, I actually uh, stepped onto the uh, grounds at Clear Creek Monastery in order to discern whether or not I was going to become a missionary. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think it was a week, uh, a year ago this week that I was <laughs> at, uh, that I had stepped onto uh, the, uh, the grounds of uh, Clear Creek Monastery. And so you were uh, taking time to pray to discern what just what the next step is. Whatever you, you were you thinking of focus at the time or just anything in general. Yeah, so uh, a year ago when my uh, buddy Caleb had asked me to be a uh, focused missionary, I kind of laughed at him. <laughs> may or may not have said something uh, too nice to him at the time. Uh, I was, there was no way that I was going to be a focused missionary. Uh, in, in my, in my, and then for a couple weeks straight, I could, not get, uh, I could not get the Lord out of my head. He just kind of uh, kept on whispering, you need to be a missionary. You need to be a missionary. You need to be a missionary. And so in order to shut up God, I uh, got the application and I, I submitted it. And then I went on to sign retreat in order to discern if this is the direction that I should take. And it was actually funny. I was walking through Ignatian discernment and like 75 pros for focus with zero cons and like 17 pros and like 83 cons for the other thing that I was considering. I was like, the Lord is very clearly leading me in this direction. Hmm. And so it's kind of funny that, I mean, this was a, a year ago this week that I had made that decision. 
that's beautiful to see how you made that that decision with the pros and cons there and to make god shut up in a way but father i'm curious your thoughts on this on the on just even the act of decision making i think even the, the daily ones, plus and then the big ones, like like his story, where you think, should I should I make this past in life? Should I keep working or become a missionary? Sometimes I think a lot of people look for look for a sign or something. Yeah. They'll see like a little ad. It says, "Go do it." You think that's it? Yeah. And it's there, a feeling. There's, there's a sign in my office that says, "If you're looking for a sign, it's it." <laughs> <laughs> so I have right there by my door. So if somebody's looking for a sign, that's it. But yeah, I think a lot of times, uh, yeah, and I think that's, you know, what Bo did is like discerning, you know, there's a video from my uh, father, Mike Smith, that said, we are society, they are discerning. Mm, what does he mean by that? That we should discern, but we, there's one point that we have to start acting. So actively is, is, the, is the key. You know, but like, oh yeah, like, oh, I'm 45 years old and I'm still discerning if God is calling me to be a priest. Buddy, you better keep, <laughs> you know, get fast because by the way, by the time you finish, you're probably going to be retired. Uh, so we, we kind of like, yeah, I'm just and like, other day I was talking to this guy and I was like, hey, dude, I noticed that you like, you know, such and such. And she, he's like, yeah, you know, we'll be talking about. And I was like, okay, good. And I was like, dude, you understand that you're already dating her. You're just not kissing her. So let's make this official. Wow. You know, he was like, well, I said, no, no, no. Come on, let's go. You know what I mean? It's like this. You like her. She likes you. It's not that you're getting married. I mean, you know, you're going to yeah. start this relationship. Make it official. And then finally on Sunday he did. You know, it's like, oh, thanks God. You know, but it's like, and then like we just keep, and I don't want to say that it like in a bad way or anything like that, but yes, it is a time for discerning, but it is a time that you have to act on the discernment. Mm. You know what I mean? If you, 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 you're not 100% sure that you're going to marry this person that you're dating, but you got in a point of your discernment that is like the next step is to date her, mm. is to date him. I, this is guy, and I always talk about this. He got here. He was doing like it was during the pandemic. He was doing like an internship here. He saw this girl like her. I mean, about a week that he was here, he asked her. I was like, "Dude, come down. That's my daughter." You know, like <laughs> slow down, buddy. But I mean, good guy. He's still dating her. But it's like we have to do the. You know, we have to do the actions. We have to take. You know, is that you know, do a uh, retreat to feel. You know, f- feel the application, do the retreat. That's why spirit direction is really important. You know, many times people come to me and say, Father, what do I do? It's like, I don't know. You know, it's like, it's not for me to decide your life. Because if I do, whenever it goes wrong, it's like, oh, Father, you know, I just did this because Father told me. So let's let's discern this together. So people who don't want to make decisions often like people to tell them what to do. Absolutely. <laughs> because that way, I, it, it, it's not my decision. You know, oh, I did this because my mom told me this or my dad or, you know, Father. Or, no, it's your life. You, you know. I always, when I talk about vocations, I, I already have my vocation discerned. So, I mean, I'm here to help you, but you have to be the one who, you know, make the steps. You know, and mm-hmm. sometimes it's going to be hard. Sometimes it's going to be really hard to take the next step because it, you're afraid. And it's okay to be afraid. Go being afraid. And then, you know, if mm-hmm. it is, it is. If it is not, the Lord is going to tell and, you. And, and you can always yes. change your decision when you, if you feel like you Absolutely. And you can always like, hey. You know, and uh, you know, especially you know, talking to guys about going to the seminary. It's not that you're going to get ordained tomorrow. You have at least eight years in your life to discern <laughs> this, yeah. and you know, but at that time, you better have that together. Mm. 
we are a culture of being paralyzed by fear. Yeah. We don't want to make decisions. And not only fear, but fear of what is not necessarily what is the reality, but fear of what could be. That's such a sad sentence to hear that you're scared, scared to make the next step forward. Yeah. Um, but we, we often talk about like vocation, that story here. Where do, where do you feel that you are in life? I know you, that's incredible to hear your story of how you made the decision to become a focused missionary. Yeah. But how do you feel on, on your thoughts of vocation as a young man as far as either, either the sacrament of matrimony or, or religious life? Or single life, too. Well, I think every good Catholic man should consider the, uh, the priesthood. Amen. Uh, I, Even uh, the bad ones, Drew. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, I will stand by that standpoint. Uh, that Every good Catholic man, if you're going to Mass, if you're praying every day, like you need to consider the, the priesthood. Uh, it just so happened when I was uh, discerning the priesthood uh, a couple of years ago with the vocations director in, in uh, the Diocese of Tulsa that uh, we would meet, meet up weekly, and uh, he eventually just sat me down and was like, I don't think you're supposed to be priest. And mm-hmm. I received such a, like a great consolation and a lot of uh, stress and relief that was like taken off my back. Give me his phone number. I have to have a conversation. <laughs> but yeah, man. That, uh, it allowed me to uh, dive deeper into my faith. Cause I had been so wrapped up. It was like, Oh, like I need to find my vacation in order for me to be a good Catholic. <laughs> I, find out, like, right now. I need to figure, figure <laughs> this out. And then like, that was causing me a lot of stress with my spiritual life. Um, and you know, since joining focus, um, Every single first year has to go on a, on a dating fast. Uh, for so for a, the very first year that you're on staff, you're not allowed to date. You're not allowed to take any steps closer with your significant other. You're not allowed to get engaged. In the first year of, as a missionary. In the first year as a missionary. Wow. And so this allows uh, the every first year, whether you're a man or a woman to discern the Lord's call for whatever your vocation is. So talk about what that means for you in, in this, I guess you're halfway through of this dating fast. What, do, what are your thoughts and how do you feel about yeah, it? Um, my dating fast is coming up here in a couple of months. And who's I, counting, right? Yeah, he's kind of, all my students uh, are starting to remind me, oh, oh, your dating fest is done in a couple of months. Like, what are you going to do? Who are you going to ask out? And Which is a funny way, but I mean, <laughs> they're joking, but that's yeah, not exactly yeah. where you think about it. And then I, I just like to, I like to just remind them that I was like, you know what? Like that like, you asked me those questions, just not helping my discernment and yeah. the way that I'm approaching uh, this dating fest. Uh, but you know, as and as not as only as that, it's not your business. Exactly. You know, it's just like, yeah, that's something that is not... Mm-hmm. I will talk to my spirit director. I will talk to, you know, yeah. and I know that some people just want to be funny or whatever, but you know, that's something that's, that's that your is, life. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's just yeah. like, and I mean, whenever we put ourselves there and there's like, whenever we are public people, yeah. that's, you know, the kind of stuff that happened, but, but it's more than, oh, it's, I remember when I, I was in a religious life and I left and I still had my uh, celibacy vow, you know, and I kind of spent a year whatever i left so i had like six months or whatever left on that and i was like i'm gonna take this because i took this vow even though i left the community like i'm gonna shoot you this and it was funny because this girl was like interested in me like <laughs> when is that over and then she came and was like well right now i can't you know i did this promise when is that over and it's like well i suppose you renewed this promise on this day so she wrote it down you know and everything was like well but yeah well like with any fast is that true right like you're not supposed to just hold off on it and then once it's over you're just like Party time. Yeah. yeah yeah i think this this dating fest has been the best for uh, my fu- my future vocation which right now i believe is marriage um, mm-hmm. and i haven't taken any steps uh uh obviously with that but uh you know being a man in uh society today like i think 96 97 of men uh in our generation have struggled with like pornography and masturbation of some type 
Yeah. And so as, as being like one of those men who has struggled for so long in my entire life, this dating fest has been the greatest thing to ever happen to growing in sobriety and like uh, being able to treat women as they, with love and respect, women, like, with love and respect and just the pure fact that they are a dignified daughter of the Lord. That's a beautiful way to put it. And then uh, as you're kind of six months in here, what's, what's next for you then in, in life? Are you, uh, does, is it a, is it a two year process with focus to kind of like, you're just going to stick with Vanderbilt for, for another year and a half here? Yeah. So it's already been confirmed that I'm coming back to Vanderbilt. Who knows how long I'm going to stay on staff right now. Um, I was kind of joking with my team the other day that I could see myself working for focus for the rest of my life. Uh, it is like no other company I have ever found is taking an active interest in my soul and how I'm doing uh, with my, my prayer life and like getting to heaven, uh, except for focus. Well, that's beautiful that you found that that calling, that sense of belonging, I guess, that they, they care more about than just the numbers, but just who you are as a person, what makes you a, a better servant to these people, uh, to, the, to the college students that need to be pouring in the right direction. Uh, but for sharing your testimony and just giving your thoughts on life, Bo, thank you for, for being a guest on the show today. Yeah, thank you for having me. Uh, and thank you to Father Javon as well for all of his insight as we're just kind of discovering our discernment here and our, and our whatever vocation may be uh, but just choosing the right thing to do where we're called to serve and we hope everyone in our listening audience just felt connected in a way in that sense uh, remember you can find our shows just wherever you get your podcasts by searching belonging for young catholic adults thank you as well to jim chandler our does a lot for our show my name is zach jansen thank you for listening to belonging on nashville catholic radio